Welcome back to issue nine, a very special issue of the Infinite Backlog, a chronological tour through the best and most noteworthy Marvel comics. I'm just I'm just Andy today, and I've got my two good friends and co-hosts, Shane. Hello. And Rory. Hey. And today, today I think we're just kind of we're, we're 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 shifting down a gear. We're slowing this train down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. This is the Sunday after Thanksgiving here. We're all we're all tired and droopy. We all, we all have we all have the turkey sweat still. <laughs> no, yeah. we thought it would we thought it would be fun to to do something a little different. And if there's anybody out there reading along with us, give them a break from the breakneck pace that we go. Yeah, and you know we maybe we call this a catch up week. Yeah, you know? totally. I think, it's, I think it's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I, I, I'm, I'm excited. We, we have what? We've been doing this. We've been recording this podcast for about two months now. And we've read, by my count, roughly 80 issues of Marvel Comics from the 60s. That's so uh, many. Which is pretty cool if you think yeah. about it. That's a good, that's a, that's a, that's a nice little accomplishment. We have a, a long way to go, of course. But like 80 seems like a much bigger number to me than I thought it would yeah. be. Yeah, totally. Uh. But yeah, like I, I guess you know. I mean, like we said, this is a, this is a loosey goosey type episode. But we just, I just, I wanted to, I wanted to do a little bit of reflecting while we've while we're here. Uh, I think it's, I think it's interesting that when we read a ton of comics, we're probably not going to remember most of them. I think that's just kind of the nature of memory, I guess. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, we're, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get through a few hundred of these and then be like, I guess I read that Molten Man issue, but like. How dare you? Not Molten Man, not the Golden (laughs) God himself. Yeah, Molten Man is like uh, the top of the things you will remember from your life. Well, okay, so that's my question, right? So we're in, we're, we're deep in Silver Age Marvel. What is like, what's like been the memorable shit so far for you guys? Like, what's been sticking in your brain? Um, I mean, this is it's only last week, so perhaps that that may ebb. But um, I dig the Inhumans arrival as well as the sort of. Mm -hmm. This feels like we're now getting into the swing of what Marvel is, where it's like, you know, we're do, we're doing cosmic shit. We're like we're we're bringing in titles together and flexing yeah. around. Where Spider Man's not quite there, right? Like a guest will show up, but it's we're kind of just doing Spider Man, right? Spider Man feels really insular, and I like it. I like Spider Man yeah. a lot. I think it's my favorite one that we're reading. Obviously, I'm biased. I love Spider Man, but like as a as a single as like a piece of literature to read i think i enjoy it the most but i don't know that it's always the most marvel and the most fun yeah way uh fantastic four is constantly bonkers and it might not be as good of a title but it is bringing in it is bringing the fire (laughs) like for something small and insular i had a much better time with the single issue of daredevil we read yes yes okay so i was definitely going to bring that up i i i remember daredevil 
uh, very fondly. Um, I know his run in the 60s is not particularly well acclaimed, but it felt like a breath of fresh air. But it's a it's a home run for the first, you know, first time up to bat. Like even if, mm-hmm. you know, it spends a little bit of time kind of sucking, it, it, it really did hit the ground running, uh, which it's too bad if it if it falters. Although we have not confirmed that, really. We're taking no, somebody's word no. for that. Exactly. General internet wisdom. We know how good internet wisdom is. The GIW, general internet wisdom. <laughs> Russian robots telling me what to think about Marvel <laughs> comics. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my, my, my big thing that I remember the most, uh, I'm, I think what's sticking in my brain the most is Betty Brant and all of that ridiculousness. Something about it was really potent for me. And, and how sad... <laughs> her situation is and how bad <laughs> Peter is for her. Uh, uh, so like a combination of like Betty Brant and then the trapster. I think the trapster is just going to live rent free in my mind for the rest of my life. <laughs> well, so wait, the, the Betty Brant stuff though, like is mm-hmm. some of the most consistent things in the comics. Yeah. I think that we've seen so far. I think it's what, it's a storyline that has continued from the beginning into literally what we read this week. Right. Yes. And there's no like weird reset button or like it's not like a one shot thing. Like Betty was a main recurring storyline. Yeah, I mean yeah, that's why yeah. it's so easy to to grab on to Betty in my head because like Oh, baby. Okay. Well, I'm not <laughs> <laughs> trash. This isn't my bedroom persona talking. This is Oh. No, this is I'm Wait, just should saying... we all have bad weather personas? <laughs> Hang I on, think wait. we absolutely should. Yeah, wait. What's everyone's bad weather persona? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to do that oh. with my name. I know. It's really it's really tough. You uh, can't be like Rory Tsunami. Oh, we can just put in anything? <laughs> yeah, it could be Rory Tsunami. <laughs> yeah, no rules. No rules. It's like no, Nano Rhymo. No rules. No rules. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. Is there something? I'm Andrew or Andy. Is there something in Handrew? <sighs> Ooh, Andrew. Oh. <laughs> Is that anything? <laughs> Is that anything about how I'm like good with my hands? Hurricane Rory's good too. Ooh, oh. Hurricane Rory. Hurricane Rory. Wait, are mm. wait, I'm sorry, wait. Were we doing sexual things or are we doing weather related <laughs> things? I, I think it's a little of both, I, baby. <laughs> I misunderstood the assignment. <laughs> <laughs> That's the secret. It's always been the same. <laughs> God, was, I went to see I went to see a play when I was in uh, New York a couple times ago where they it was a David Mamet play called Race. And uh, at the end of Act One, there was this line. It was like David. It was David Allen Greer and James Spader. And they were both these lawyers and they were having this big argument. And like the, the two lines that ended Act One, I'll always remember them because they were so fucking over the top. It was like it was like, wait, I thought this whole case we were talking about sex. Not race. And then the other guy goes, what's the difference? And then the lights just like <laughs> went out. The lights just like fucking went out. And I was like, David Mamet, you really think that you said some serious <laughs> shit just now? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You, I, think, I, I have to talk about a bad, I have to talk about a bad play too. Hang on. Andy. This is what today is about. This is this week. <laughs> you can't bring up a bad play. And then I have to tell you about a play that I saw. I don't remember what it was called, but I was going around for the name drop Gregory adjudications. Ah, yes. Um, Because they let pretty much anybody do that. Exactly, yeah. So there was this play that we saw where- You don't don't have to be named Gregory? 
No, you do not have to be named Gregory to adjudicate for the Gregory Awards. (laughs) All the lights, all the lights of the theater were pointing at the audience. And Mm, when I say that, I mean... (laughs) <laughs> I mean, all of the like all of the source fours uh, were all just like pointing Ooh. straight at the we're audience, not, like rows. We're of not them. sponsored by source four. Just one Ro- rows and rows and rows and rows of them, right? And <laughs> yeah. so when when the play started, I looked at the person that I was there with, and I was like, um, "They're gonna shine lights in our face." And she was like, she was like, no, no, they're not. They're probably just like, that's where they keep them. And I was like, no, they're going to shine lights in our face. <laughs> this every, is just the house plot where they point at the audience. <laughs> every scene change or every time the person on stage remembered something dramatic, bright whites in your face for like three or four seconds. I had to cover my face with my program more times ever. It was crazy. The- Theater's really in touch with what people want. It's <laughs> <laughs> generally what I would say about God. the industry that I like to function in. I think it's really in touch with <laughs> the people. <laughs> Jesus. Get your oh, life together, my God. What's your this will uh, get them to look inside. This will th- <laughs> who who's really who's even the actor? <laughs> Whoa. Shane, Shane, I need a weather slash sex persona for you. Oh, um, what if, what if I'm, ooh, what if I'm deep, deep sea Shane? Oh, I thought you were just going to say deep Shane. <laughs> deep Shane. <laughs> I think deep Shane's good too. Deep Shane, Hurricane Rory, and Handrew. <laughs> oh, see, I like this. How about I like downtown Handrew? Ooh, downtown Handrew. Fuck. Oh, that downtown makes it Handrew. Sound, that makes it sound even dirtier. <laughs> Like we're like we're all like we're both wearing like all of our clothes except the ones that we are that are necessary to remove. You know, we're sort of incognito, and I'm going to give you a downtown Andrew. <laughs> Just the fedoras left. We all have fedoras. Oh my god, <laughs> this is nothing. Drink this Latvian berry juice. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's something that oh. stuck in your mind, the the Latvian berries. It did, it did actually. Yes, God, man, Latvian splash. <laughs> and then, and then <laughs> at the end of that, and then that issue when they play Rock'em Sock'em Robots with their brains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. Okay, so I think that annual is was that an annual? I don't even remember. But what there was an annual where we got uh, Doctor Doom's origin story. That's a that's a really high point for me. Uh, in terms of like, um, I don't know, just like character interest, because there's so mm-hmm. many wooden people right now in the in the comics, and it's it, it was nice to kind of see like a backstory explored that had some interesting nuance that like some tied to some real world issues, and obviously we talked about it in in the in that episode about how it was kind of not you know not up to sort of 2020 standards what we would expect but like for 1963 4 or whatever what it was it was pretty good um so i i i remember that one a lot i liked i liked that issue um we should probably as we're going through this podcast we should probably be keeping track of our favorite issues so that we can actually make some recommendations yeah, totally. post decade uh it might be a good well idea. i think what we've said right definitely daredevil 1 was is one that yeah. is kind of a unqualified recommendation Mm-hmm. And uh, I think if you have even the vaguest familiarity with the Fantastic Four, you can jump in at the Inhuman plot and, yeah. and have a good time. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I as much as you might like Namor, Rory, I don't think the I don't think those stories are doing what they need to be no, doing yet. 
no, not at all. Namor's never good, and that's kind of part of his charm. It's just like never really that good. It's this it's this black sheep they refuse to like kick out of the flock. <laughs> yeah. It um it's interesting to me that we read Fantastic Four one and two and then jumped to thirty. Like thirty one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know That may I have think... been an Andrew edition, right? Did you give us their first their first I appearance? gave us the first ones. Yeah. yeah. So I mean oh, uh, we, we mentioned okay. so we mentioned this I mentioned this at the beginning of our podcast, but I'm basing my list. Obviously we're making changes to it, but I'm basing my list off of the detailed uh reading lists from Comic Book Herald. And they they have like a, a, a list of essential trades from like nineteen sixty one to like nineteen maybe like 1990 or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and at the, at the, I think his, incl- his inclination would have been like read fantastic Four one through 60, but that sounded like hell. Uh, and so instead, <laughs> instead what he recommended was starting at around like 30 uh, and reading like 30 issues of it. And even that, of course, for us right now has seemed like a lot of fantastic Four. It's, it's still hell. Uh, it's still a little bit hell, but imagine how much worse it would have been if we had read those first 30 as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Uh, no, no so, no. so yeah, I think we jumped in at the at the sort of the interesting stuff where we start, you know, we, like we're going to get Galactus. We've got the Inhumans. We're going to get Black Panther. We're going to get like all the all the interesting stuff that starts getting introduced in that title, I think, happens in that second 30. And um, and so that's kind of why we jumped in there. But uh, I know that as we move into the seventies, we're gonna be we're gonna be throwing some wrenches into this list as, of our own. Now that we've got our feet under us and a little bit of a little bit of context, I want to throw in some of that tomb of tomb of Dracula bullshit. I want to read some vampire comics. Oh my god! Uh, oh, totally. W- and we'll probably check in on. I don't yeah. think the Avengers are their they're like a, are their most popular team for quite a while. I think uh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So the I, don't know, I don't know how popular are... the. Mm-hmm. Kind of the flagship title, I think. At least like flagship they, super team. They are. Uh okay, so I was I, I wanted to I wanted to bring this up. Uh we haven't we haven't really talked too much about this, but there is a there is a strange thing going on in this company, which is that Stan Lee writes everything. <laughs> uh and they have not not a ton of titles, but they have enough titles where it's ridiculous that one man pretty much writes the vast majority of everything that comes out. And it reminded me that I never really looked up what, quote unquote, the Marvel method meant. I've always heard people talk about it uh, in terms of like how they used to write comics. Uh, This is wild. And I think this kind of explains a lot of uh, what we've seen here in the 60s. Stan would not actually write the comics. He would write treatments for the comics. He would give them like maybe four paragraphs or a phone conversation with the artist. (laughs) The artist would walk away. And then draw, without actual text or dialogue, maybe a few snippets, he would draw 20 pages of a comic based on that. Stan would come back and look at what they had drawn, kind of be like, oh, cool, look at these new ideas the artist brought in. And then he would write all of the specific dialogue to fit the art that he got back. And that, I feel like, explains a lot of why we have so much explanation, where he's trying to fit in a story on top of, like, art that maybe didn't exactly match what he wanted but like then he's got these panels where it's like oh i didn't expect him to do that but i should probably put my mark on this panel i'll look, <laughs> i'll just describe what's happening you know when well, so much dialogue in these in these issues is people just saying what's happening mm-hmm. uh, or kind of <laughs> or kind of double and triple stating things like you know when when a hero a hero flies over a crowd right and every single like there's just 
five different bits of dialogue that are just oh wow it's <laughs> oh wow it's it's reed richards in, <laughs> oh wow five stated five different ways look there's a crowd down there is that wow. reed richards up there oh wow mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, but it's it's crazy. I don't even think it's until the late 60s, early 70s that other writers even start coming in and stand steps back. It's like he built this foundation of stuff that he wanted to have, like, super control over and, like, incre- in- introduce all these heroes. And then he steps back and just kind of does more of an editor-in-chief role. And then other people have to sort of match what he's already set up for those characters. I don't know. It's an it's an it's an odd thing that one guy had so much like story control over uh, the the whole company's worth of titles. Well, but to your point, you know, if you give somebody over the phone, you know, a four minute <laughs> uh, like brief about what you want to have happen, there's a pretty reasonable case to be made that the artist is doing the bulk of the kind of narrative yes. uh, design. Yes, and therein lies a lot of that the controversy, Yeah, there, right? the, yeah and then there's the Jack Kirby of it all. Because <laughs> he gets credited as the writer and creator, and it's like, fuck, are you told me this guy might wear yellow, and I designed a character, <laughs> I, and you I said I made him. I got notes on a roll of toilet paper, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I mean, they didn't have any, like, recourse against it, right? They were just happy to have a job. Well, Is right. That... I mean, you know, or, like, nobody was noticed. their boss. He was like, writer and editor-in-chief. It's like... You know, you can either. He's Jay Jonah. He is Jay Jonah. Yeah. Oh no, he's Jay Jonah. Yeah. So you can you can bow down to Stan and do things the way Stan wants, or you can go work at DC, I guess. But uh, yeah, it's it's weird. I I think uh, when I was looking, I was when I was looking up the Marvel method, I saw some quotes from people like Gene Colan and other people that are like. Yeah, like I was kind of scared to go into his office, but I generally like provided what he wanted. So I think we had a good working relationship, but like he was oh really God. intimidating to talk to. <laughs> that's so intense. That's like, yeah. yeah, that's just not the like, obviously not the vision I have in my head of him, right? Like, well, no, because we're he's not, got this, we're not you know, supposed this, this to. cute yeah. old man, like, uh, persona now that makes all the cameos <clears> in the Marvel <throat> movies. And now, of course, he's dead. And so it's like, you know, He's got that that uh you know not not like saying you don't you speak know. ill of the dead sort of he's got a right rever- exactly yeah. he's revered exactly. in a way that makes it harder to criticize totally I um, feel like if someone's dead it's easier to criticize them yeah, in a way they can't get mad in a way at you. <laughs> yeah like what are they gonna do tell them and they're gonna what but I guess I guess it has an element of like what you you don't I don't know. You're you're not wrong. Obviously, it's it's definitely easier to talk shit about somebody mm-hmm. after they're dead. I just think most people don't. <laughs> yeah, but so wait, I, it's not even talking shit though. It's just like some people have to come forward with like the truth of what happened. Yeah. No, for sure. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, I don't think it was like I, I never got the vibe that outside of some certain situations, like with Jack Kirby, where obviously there was a huge fight going on, it didn't seem like predatory necessarily it's just it was obvious that stan had a big ego and like a lot of pride in what he had made yeah as a control he freak and it was his company he's kind of an elon musky type with like we do it my way yeah. and uh-huh. you know it's a free country so work here or don't uh, <laughs> yeah absolutely well and i'm like sure that. times were not you know easy for a comic book creator in the 60s i yeah. think you know they had they had yet to outseat DC as top dog, and so they were they're definitely like underdog coming up, fighting against things like Superman and Batman, and trying to sort of, 
you know, pull Flash out of the pan and be like, how's Daredevil? You like Daredevil yeah. more than Superman? <laughs> well, and, and they also have their Please? roots in these, in these Penny comics and this Pulp Fiction style uh-huh. thing that's like, you know, I don't think you were really meant to have a favorite author or to consider them artists in the traditional no. sense. It's schlock content and, you know, there are writers who produced hundreds and hundreds of novels, but they're just kind of, you know... A stream of consciousness, a coke, a coke-addled stream of consciousness that they <laughs> churn out over a weekend. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you know, of course, we're we're we, you know we're talking about Stan right now, but if but like if most, I will, I would say the huge majority of everything, all eighty issues that we've read so far have all been illustrated by Steve Ditko or uh, or Jack Kirby. Like they have a very small number of artists working as well, and I think they were pretty overworked and you know doing amphetamines to keep up you know whereas like stan Stan gets to kind of just do a a a one pager over the phone for you and then you gotta (laughs) go walk away and And then you gotta go do the pages (laughs) yeah (laughs) keeps his nose clean yeah um i think we've had we've had one artist one different artist that wasn't kirby or dicko and it was the one on daredevil it was uh I'm forgetting his name right now, but uh, but yeah, that was the other, the only different artist we've had so far. But I I know that as we move into the end of the '60s, we're about to start seeing a lot of different artists as they realize like, I think they lose one of them. They might lose Ditko or or the other one or or Kirby. I don't I don't, I don't remember. I think exactly he, I when. think Kirby leaves, but I don't remember when. Yeah, and you know, and they're expanding. They're coming up with new titles, and so it's like okay, <laughs> let's. Let's have new artists. I know we're saving a lot of money by essentially exploiting four <laughs> people, but like, let's have more people, shall we? Let's make a company. <laughs> I don't know how they got through the the Atlas and Timely Years uh, running like that, but I don't know. I guess there's a, enough of a profit margin. Uh, it's, it's it's just crazy, you know. I mean, in the context of how we assume things run these days, you know, with creator-owned comic books, where it's like one writer, one artist and they get together and they kind of make a vision happen uh as opposed to like being a workhorse for a whole company like marvel it's like i'm jack kirby and i draw well everything i guess (laughs) (laughs) it's bananas well you wanted to get paid to do your art (laughs) (laughs) oh that's so real and sad oh my god that's that's too real now draw more circles you corporate stooge I want 1,200 circles on my desk <laughs> by the end of the day. I've invented a new hero. His name's Circle Man. Is this good? He's just circles. <laughs> we're going <laughs> We were saving so much on writing. Oh, God. The shapely times. We don't even have to color him. He's just circles. <laughs> He's just He's circles. Just circles. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so this happened to me yesterday, and I'm still furious about it. Uh, I was walking <laughs> okay. down. I was walking down the sidewalk, and <laughs> <laughs> tell me more. And, and this woman, uh, this like a narrow sidewalk. She has her car door open. It goes basically to the like buildings. It's completely obst- like obstructed, and she's parked super close to this other car, so that it's kind of like a corridor that she's completely blocked off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's I don't know rummaging under her seat or something. She looks up, sees me coming, and then does fuck all about it and goes right back to her <laughs> rummaging. And I think the part that makes me so angry, well, it's twofold. And it's like a it's it, it's a self feeding it's a self feeding thing. And it's it's because it worked. 
Because I was so pissed that she did that, that she had the audacity, that now the moment of like a reasonable interaction is completely gone. If I talk to her at all, it's a full, it's an altercation now. (laughs) Oh my God. And for my my own mental health, I just decided against it. And I turned around, I walked out of the little car door, car corridor into the street around the cars and back onto the sidewalk. And she just completely won by being so obscenely rude to me. Uh, she denied me all reasonable reason. Like I, I was so angry that she just won that easily. <laughs> that I just... it now was... see, we can turn this into a twenty-two page comic. Yes, <laughs> yes, we can. Uh, <laughs> well, but then, but then, Stanley will write a lot of. Uh, he'll add a lot of those yellow boxes where he describes what you're feeling in the moment and and uses uh... a lot of alliteration and too many adjectives. Now you see these and vows, but it just—it just. This is the part where Rory decided he was gonna go home, but wait, he decided he's not gonna go home. His stomach still felt irpy from that food he ate the other day. See last issue. No, because because it's such a it's such a cheat code. Like to be so rude to somebody that they're kind of stunned and you're not prepared for a, a fight of the magnitude that has been presented to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I just backed off because I was not... I was just walking down the street minding my own business, and now this woman wants to have a fist fight, and I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> so I just Jesus. left. You can just be like, con permiso, like, let me through. She looked, <laughs> and she decided against it. <laughs> Maybe she thought you could fit. She's like, you can squeeze. <laughs> You'll go under. <laughs> You should have literally just stepped onto her hood, just stepped onto her hood and walked over her car. Oh, sorry, I mean, I didn't see you there. You just kind of looked her dead in the face and went, monster truck rules, bitch. <laughs> uh, oh, Christ. <laughs> Thanks for sharing, Rory. You're yeah, welcome. Thank you, Rory. Thanks for bringing that to group. <laughs> the listeners want to know what's going on in our lives. Andy. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a, this is our catch up week. Yeah, totally. <laughs> this this one is just a bottle of ketchup. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have I shouldn't have been trying so hard to to, to make this relevant. We should just yeah. <laughs> Shane, right, you got any readers. grievances you want to air? It's almost oh, best of us. Okay, readers, this is Pace Pot Pete's cousin, Ketchup Man. <laughs> yeah, he's a lot less effective. He's great at a cookout. For real, though, I'd I'd hang out for I'd hang out with Pace Pot Pete for a day. I just want to do a ri- I just want to do a, I want to do a ride along with that guy. Do, do villains it, do ride alongs like the cops do? I guess keep setting him up for easy wins. Oh, this is so slippery. It's only <laughs> only somebody could glue it down for me. Oh, I keep dropping my coffee cup. <laughs> if only I could have a grip on it. And then Pete's face just lights up. <laughs> he just really turns on when someone needs glue. <laughs> Sorry, he's the trapster now. He's very he's grown up and he's very serious. He's a very serious villain. He's part of the Frightful oh my God. Four. Oh my god, even better. The whole time Andy geez, keeps calling him Pace Pot Pete. He keeps being like, uh, no. the trapster. 
That's not my name. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Glue is the tool of boys, and I am a man. <laughs> I demand when I became a man, to. I put away such childish things like <laughs> like glue paste pots. <laughs> paste pots. <laughs> he upgraded from Elmer's to like wood glue. <laughs> Men use epoxy. Yes. Oh, yes. Epoxy. Rubber cement. <laughs> it, we, we, mm. cut, we, we cut back to just him and him in the him in school as a little boy. And he's he's just playing with a little thing of Elmer's and some bully comes by and knocks it out of his hand. <laughs> it was then, dear readers, that he knew. <laughs> Here comes Pete. He loves glue. <laughs> I don't love it. I just he has a popsicle stick glued to his forehead. <laughs> Pete loves glue. <laughs> well, I would I'll watch show this movie. them. Paste pot origins. <gasps> Paste pot origins. <laughs> yes. Oh no. That could be a good. That could be a good. A good stream is just a little boy who's just just a little demon child who's just obsessed with glue. <laughs> Some little Damien no Owen, some glue, some gluey little Damien <laughs> Owen. From, from that day forward, he he was no longer glue glue stick Peter. He was yeah. paste, paste pot Pete. Do you remember glue sticks when they didn't trust us with paste because they thought we'd eat it? <laughs> and then we just ate the glue sticks and used it like used it like chapstick. Look at my chapstick. <laughs> Smeared on toast. <laughs> That's a dangerous chapstick because then when the boys and girls are, you're, you're, you're like kissing each other. dangerous chapstick. <laughs> One of us kiss each other behind the gym, then they're all stuck. <laughs> yeah, you all you all throw your chapsticks in a big in a big brown bag and shake it up, and one of them, one of them's glue. <laughs> chapstick roulette. <laughs> and then the teacher comes around behind. It's like Pete. Pete, were you kissing him? And he's like, no, I wasn't. She's like, your lips are on his lips. And he's like, no, they're not. <laughs> you betrayed me for the last time, glue. I have a love-hate relationship with paste. <laughs> did you know that, um, did you know that most drag queens, like, glue down their eyebrows? I yeah. did know that. I've actually watched like them do a, that. Yeah. yeah, it's it's uh, it's fascinating. I was an understudy for uh, for hairspray for for Edna, and I was back there watching uh, watching them do their makeup, and it was like, I was like, oh yeah, this yeah. all makes sense, but I did not actually expect it. <laughs> oh yeah, I sorry, I had to pull some culture into it. <laughs> Were you going to explain why they do it, or is it just the most well, effective way? Oh no, so they, to, they oh so they can so, so they you, can paint over it. They paint over it because you glue it down for texture, and then you build the brows. <laughs> it's for texture. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Or else you're trying like, to. Or else you're trying you... to put makeup on your actual hair, Rory. Yeah, yes, it, I, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't work as well. Uh, hey, I know. I know. It was sh- short notice, and we asked you, and I don't know if you've had a time to to, to create one. Did you come up with sort of an epic fuck Mary kill for us, Shane? I don't know if it's epic, but okay, I, okay. I, I listen. Sometimes I throw the fuck Mary kill to the wind, 
And I just And the wind answers. The wind answers. (laughs) (laughs) The 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 typhoon that is the fuck Mary Kill answers us. Um but today I thought I thought I would since we're dialing it back a little bit, we're taking yeah, a little yeah, step yeah. back from things. Yeah. I thought that maybe we would have a serious discussion about this week's Fuck, Mary Kill. Okay. Okay. So this week's Fuck, Mary Kill is uh, Namor. Mm. Okay. Okay. Spider-Man. Whoa. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah, you weren't serious. You weren't kidding. And Ben Grimm. Ooh. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> oh god. Okay, there's a lot there's a lot to consider here actually. Mhm. Uh such as vis-a-vis the fuckability of one Ben Grimm. We I think we can assume his his rod is standing at attention as a, as a, <laughs> as a rock is a is Does a, he monument, just have a, a monument to his granite form. <laughs> Does he have oh. a permanent erection? I think he would have to. Unless you got soft rocks. <laughs> unless you know about soft rocks. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Is it an Iraq show? Oh, you though? mean like Steely Dan? <laughs> <laughs> well played. You, you can't bring Steely Dan to the show. Put him back. Put him back. Uh, first of all, it's not a guy. Second of all, he's he belongs everywhere. And I now I'm calling him he, like he's a guy. So first of all, forget first of all. Second of all... Steely Dan is always relevant. <laughs> B B number two. <laughs> so okay, okay. So we've established that that the thing is definitely fuckable in a physical sort of way. Sure. Um, but he's also marryable. I know. Yeah. He's he's like he's like the the kind of dumb boy that you marry, right? He's kind of dumb. <laughs> Who like takes care of you? you he's know so that dumb, dumb boy you, you marry, as opposed <laughs> to as opposed to the fun one you keep on the side. Why can't you have your cakes and eat it too? I don't know. That's a good Just question. Kidding. Don't I take me off the record of saying that I don't believe that. Married down, everybody. <laughs> it's easier. You should. That way. It's you should easier. do that. It's just easier. You'll be happier. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's. All right. Is what? So so Ben Grimm. He's funny. Mm-hmm. He's got no. a, he's got a lot of charm. Yes. He's chiseled, mm-hmm. and he's committed. You know, Literally I mean, chiseled. I'm assuming in this situation, Alicia's out of the picture, and Ben he's is also, on the market. But he's also a sort of tortured sad sack who refuses to go to therapy. That's true. Yes, he might That's bring wh- his problems home with him. <laughs> he might bring. But he's home only with him. listen. Wait, but he's only a sad sack because Alicia's blind. You think he brings that to the tape? He brings that up as often as he can, where he's like, "She's only with me because she's blind and she can't see what I look." Uh, like. Okay, so he's using it as an excuse to sort of fuel his own insecurities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel, I feel, yeah. I feel what you're talking about. Okay, so so Ben's got some baggage. Let's pivot to Namor, who definitely <laughs> has baggage. Um, <laughs> good qualities of Namor hit me. Uh, I mean, he's a, he's a he's a slink. Mm. He's a sleek water twink. Uh, <laughs> He's a, he's a he's a he's more of a twunk, but I'll, a twunk, I'll give you sure. it. I'll give it. But he's you. but he's constantly wet from his yeah. deep sea excursions. He he is, which means that he can stand up to the Human Torch really, really well. Yeah, that's true, dude. You know that that scene in like the Bond movie, but especially the ones with Daniel Craig, where he like comes out of the ocean and he's just like <laughs> like the water's just like falling off all the time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all off of all those crags and points that that man has. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that that's like the that's angles. like what Namor's got going on all the time. Like freshly freshly surfaced energy. The many uh, right angles of Daniel Craig, uh, like a coffee oh table God. book. <laughs> I would watch Daniel Craig as Namor. You guys. Mm, yeah, they wouldn't cast him that way. Didn't Daniel Craig just get somebody? Am I crazy? I don't know. I don't. I don't uh, think so. Not that I've heard. Oh shit! I could have sworn I read it, but I could be. I, I could be on on crazy drugs. Oh, he's Magneto. He's Magneto, or he's potentially Magneto. I don't know if that. Oh, there's <laughs> there's rumors. There's rumors for Maggie. Yeah, Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's better than Nito. Uh, okay, okay. So so Namor, he's wet all the time, but. He's dour, maybe emotionally unavailable. Mm-hmm. Which I is say. great because I don't need to talk about his feelings all day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Ben, ben Grimm's It is a amazing to me that you are not married, Rory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like Namor. Namor's got, got this like giant chip on his shoulder as a. He's going to constantly sort of, remind you he's the king, which is going to be annoying. yes. He's the yeah, he's king, and then you'll be like, "You want to come hang out with my human friends?" And he'll be like, "I'm only half human." And it's like, "That's not a that's not a problem. It is for me." And he'll like, "I'm gonna go be king of some. I'm gonna go be king of some fish." <laughs> what are you What are you doing Saturday at three? I'm being I'm, I'm being king of some fish. King being king of the fish. I'm busy being king of fish. How about? Oh God. You specifically said Spider-Man, not Peter Parker, but I feel like it's a it's a package deal, and we got to talk about it. It it is a package deal, unfortunately. <laughs> I did I did mean the Spider-Man slash Peter Parker. Sorry. Yeah, man, talk about emotional. I don't know if he's emotionally unavailable, but he's definitely like a, an emotional roller coaster. He's well, gonna cheat he's... on you for sure. You'll never you'll never know <laughs> what where Peter Parker is when he's when he's out would. at night. I don't know. I th- you don't think, I think he, I, I, no. I I think the problem is that Spider Man carries around too many emotions, and he doesn't have any outlet for them. Sure. Right? Oh, so you want to fuck him back to normal? Yeah, I I think one of the biggest problems. I think one of the biggest problems with Spider Man is that he literally like needs needs a release for these issues. Oh, that oh, he's yeah, this is what I'm hearing. I'm hearing he's this so over unhealthy. and over again. He's so he's literally so unhealthy. In the way he processes emotions and the way he processes his feelings. And yeah. so I think we just kill him. <laughs> <laughs> I think to save everybody trouble and a big a big bill of going to a therapist and to save yourself heartache for trying to fix this boy who doesn't want to fix himself, you kill him. Oh, my God. That's, oh. that's my two cents. God, I mean, the way you kept talking about how much he needs a release, I really thought you were going to choose fuck on him and then to toss him away. No, he's a lost cause. <laughs> yeah, like no, some sort of therapeutic, gone. therapeutic one night stand to sort of reset his emotional health. Uh, but no, no, you want to kill him. I, I, okay. Shit. I mean, good, good points about Peter. Good points about Peter. He is. Uh, because it would depend, Andy, if you think you can bang the blues away. <sighs> it, it, <laughs> It would depend. <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time I did that. <laughs> now, I would say on the positive side for Peter, he is uh, he is de- demonstrably sweet. Like in the in the right moments, like with Betty, he was clearly like a, a sweet guy to hang out with. It didn't last very long, uh, but he's smart. He's built. 
Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of you know there's a lot of there's a lot in the pros column. There's so much in the con. God damn it! There's so much in the con. He he right. can build um web shooters, right? He's yeah. athletic. Uh huh. Let's see. He's, he can take you on those swing rides brain. around town. He's got a big boy brain. He can build your own <laughs> sex swing. He could build a sex swing. <sighs> All right, you've you've he, said what you think about kill. You want to kill Peter Parker? Who do you do fucking want, who do you I'm, marry? I want to kill Peter Parker, and I want to fuck the shit out of Namor <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like he would be so annoying. And to he spend seems your life like, with. <laughs> yeah, he'd be the most annoying person to spend my life with. Number one, and also I can't breathe underwater. <laughs> you fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. And like I. <laughs> I don't know. I I feel like Namor is m- kind of like militant, right? He's got that yeah. kind of like mm-hmm. uh, very like a navy a, boy. Yeah, he's he's got a, he's got a real militant <laughs> vibe. And in my experience, it's it's uh, <laughs> excuse me, my <clears throat> in <laughs> in my speculation. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I feel like the militant side fades away in the bedroom for a little while, but then it comes right back when you're done. Uh, and it's just like, mm. and I just like Ben Grimm is the marrying type. He's he's a merry boy. Now right. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Mary on Ben Grimm for sure. I think I think <laughs> I think you spend your life with Ben. I think you will never be bored. I think he will make me laugh. Yep. I think it'll yep. be a good time. Uh, but I kill oh. Namor. <gasps> okay. All right. One night in Spidey Town. I think is uh, <laughs> is a little more fun for me. I think it's a, it sounds a little more fun, you know, uh, you know, and I in a in a world where you know, of course, I'm I'm disgustingly straight, and so this is all hypothetical. But uh, in in terms of, it, I like that it's hypothetical because you're straight and not because they're fictional. <laughs> <laughs> But if I were to be said to have a type, it would not be Namor in terms of like the one that I want to just sort of like, you know, have a good time with one night. I think I go I think I go for the the those softer features. I think I go yeah. for the the nicer boy. And Andy, Andy goes for the Twinkie Spider-Man. The, <laughs> I, the I think you're right. Twinkie spiders. Yeah, I think that I think that's where I'm at. But of course, we still marry Ben Grimm. Yeah, of Rory? course. Uh, what if? <laughs> now here's 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 a dilemma for you. Uh, okay, Ben Grimm and Namor are adults formed, and uh, you get, <laughs> you're getting what you're getting. Uh huh. Uh huh. So the question becomes, what is you? What could you teach Spider Man? Oh my God! <laughs> I feel gross. <laughs> That that sentence made me so uncomfortable. Oh my god. So you're sort of marrying marrying as like a like like a protege in in, in life you're coaching. You're locking him up to teach yeah, him. It's things. like a it's like a it's like a you know rule of two sort of Star Warsy sort of relationship. Mm. <sighs> okay, yeah, and you're gonna fix him. Well, I'm gonna be his dark master. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 
<laughs> You're going to be his, like, his, what is that guy's name? Palpatine Snoke? What are those people's names? Yes, you got him. Oh, God. <laughs> something, something, something. Peter. So what I love about this is that is that Shane and I approached this like, who do we want to marry? And Rory looked at the situation and said, I can get something out of this personally. I can tr- I can train up a fucking minion. <laughs> So you so you marry Peter, who do you kill? Um then you kill, I think, <laughs> Namor. Yeah. Uh, okay. And know. then you choose a knight with a thing. Yeah. I get it. Cuz that's cuz that's going to inform how I, you know, relate with Spider-Man. Is it? Well, I think so cuz like, you know, Ben Grimm, Ben Grimm is is a is a powerhouse. Mhm. It's my opinion that you you learn, you learn, you learn his moves, and then you know, take them, <laughs> and then you pass them on to your your fucking Padawan. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it! Oh, hey, this has been a fun catch up week. Yeah, <laughs> I hope I hope you've enjoyed today. This was a good time for us, and uh, and we'll be back next week with uh, with issue ten with an actual reading list. This time, we're gonna find out what happens with Galactus. And uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for being here. Bye. I don't have a sign off. Sh- sh- wait, oh, wait, wait, wait. Sorry, sorry. Wait, sh- yeah, Shane. How about a sign off? Oh, do you want to you want to sign off for me or uh, how- Rory this time? Rory, come yeah, up with a Rory, sign off. Rory, Rory, do you sign off? Sure, sure. So I feel like uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna fuck Spider Man. <laughs> uh, you know, everybody, uh, keep uh, keep it safe. Keep it where it goes. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> I kind of, I kind of love, all right, thanks for being here, everybody. Keep it where it goes. <laughs> Keep it where it goes. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.